This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Barnan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the show, in conjunction with International Women's Day, joining us on the show is athlete turned TV host Sharon Wee. Sharon's a squash champion, a former national number one and world number 18, whose life has always revolved around sport. She spent 20 years playing at the elite level, who after retirement 13 years ago remained in the sporting arena till today. She jumped into TV sports hosting, sports punditry, and also taking up the role as vice president of the Squash Records Association of Malaysia. Recently, she was appointed as the Deputy Chef de Mission for the upcoming SEA Games in Cambodia. She's on the line with us today as we talk about her pro career, switching to TV punditry, as well as her hopes for local women's sport in the near future. For me, sports is my love, of course, my passion. Uh, since I was young, even five years old, my dad already brought me for running, uh, you know, and a lot of uh, badminton and things like that. So I was exposed to, of course, badminton first, then um, netball, running, athletics, including tennis. And when I was 11 years old in Malacca, Malacca squash coach Mr. Roslan said to my uncle who plays squash socially, he said, do you have any, you know, young girls, young boys come like join Malacca squash team for training? Then my uncle like, okay, I have this very active, uh, you know, niece that I can bring. So he brought me for training. I still remember being someone very, very athletic already. So when the coach, you know, hit the ball and I could hit it pretty well already Mm. so from that on the rest is history so to be frank i started squash when i was 11 and went on to represent malaysia when i was 13 until 33 years old (laughs) 20 years yeah was moving to tv part of the plan at all you no idea what you want to do after your career the TV, of course, it's career after sports. Uh, to be frank, I was um, very lucky and very courageous to took the opportunity. So here's the story, right? I mean, um, I was in school. Uh, I mean, I'm someone who appreciates school, education and sports. I was playing since I was 11, then 13, represented Malaysia. Was busy playing in national circuit, won, you know, uh, under 13, 15, 17, 19 national champion and went on to university, graduated in uh, Bachelor of Business Admin uh, from UPM. Then I went to become professional squash player 10 years Mm -hmm. away them with Nicole David, then I went to Antwerp, Belgium. So 2010, I uh, retired, of course, after 20 years, life goes on, I was 33 years old. Um, opportunity came. Of course, I, I applied to be national women squash coach. Uh, I, pre- I was prepared uh, with level three of uh, coaching qualification and all, but things were just not um, suitable at that time. Um, so Astro Arena called me and said, Sharon, you know, uh, this is our first year and a half of Astro Arena. They are still new and looking for good talents. Hmm. Is it uh, your Bahasa Melayu, you very good lah, very lancar, boleh tak join kita and all. And I was like, yes, you know. Hmm. So I was quite nervous because, I mean, come on, you know, on TV and things like that. The only experience was 2010 when I became sports expert to our Otai, uh, Shauki Kaha. 
So he was the main commentator and I was the sports expert for KL Squash Open and Malaysian Squash Open. So when Astro Arena, <laughs> you know, offered me, I was like, you know, took some time, spoke to my family. Uh, but being someone that, um, you know, loves challenge. And I think from my sports background, and I could speak very good Malay, Bahasa Melayu yang lancar, peta, and things like that. And main thing, I love sports. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the main reason I say yes to Astro Arena, to be a sports commentator, and went on to be TV host, as well as a news reader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did your experience as a professional squash player prepare you for your career in TV? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, life after sports, um, it can be very scary because you are so good in what you are doing and you could be very popular. Mm-hmm. But once you stop, right, you're like, who am I? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I even wrote an article, um, uh, share my experience to other athletes. It's called Help. Who am I after sports? Mm. Of course, in Malay, tolong. Siapa saya selepas sukan? So the transition obviously can be very scary. I myself in 2010 that year had a bit of slight depression because what's next for me? Hmm. Can you imagine being yeah. someone who is, you know, uh, quite, quite kiasu lah, you know, must have education, accreditation as a trainer as well, you know, as motivational speaker, I took an accreditation. That also, I was so scared. Uh, what's next for me? Because I'm going into something that I've never done in corporate world or things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, being a sports person, of course, uh, that helped me a lot. Being someone that you push yourself, go beyond mm-hmm. and uh, accept challenges mm-hmm. and go for it. Being commitment, discipline and being humble to listen, coachable. Because when I went on to a new world, new industry, I'm not so good, right? <laughs> so I cannot be, people say ego lah. Yeah, so you yeah. must listen from your sifu and taikache and all <laughs> and learn. Mm, you know, sure. although you were famous before, but hello, now you're in different industry, you're not that famous. So learn. It's so a- yeah, sports helped me a lot to transition into new career and actually life. Yeah. yeah, you're one of the lucky few because what you, what you said were right, was right, you know, you spent 20 years at, uh, playing at the elite level of sports, a huge part of your life uh, was given to the sport, given to the country. You found the TV hosting gig, but among your peers, you know, I'm sure life after retirement is a topic of concern, right, among elite athletes because not many can either one be like yourself, a TV pundit, a TV host or even a coach, right? Yeah, I agree with you because again, uh, I mean, we have our top athletes from many years ago until now and some of them have retired, eh? our legends and things like that. So, um, yes, it's, it's uh, an area where we need support. We mm. can't do it alone. Mm. Of course, we thank our family, our parents, our partners, uh, even uh, sports organisation like uh, Olympic Council of Malaysia, Kementerian Belia dan Sukan, even Majlis Sukan Negara, Institute Sukan Negara, our associations, our sports psychologists, mm. Um, we can't do it alone, definitely. So that's why we have to get help because being an athlete, somehow we have this perfectionist ego. Like we are okay, lah. You know, we won't cry one, lah. We are so strong. But I think no. I think there are times to be, I should say, being um, a bit soft and get some help. So that's my advice to mm. athletes because from my experience, yes, you have to be prepared. 
in terms of education or certification, whether mm. you like it or not in this realistic world mm. because it impact how much gaji you get, right? <laughs> you know, with certification and of course more opportunity, whether it's local or overseas. And then networking is extremely important because don't just mix with sports people, you know, mix with other industry, yeah. you know, business people, even arts people, music people, music mm. community. Mm. So that's when you get your connection as well. Mm. So uh, I think mainly it's within ourselves, uh, Daryl. I think for athletes, uh, nobody can help you like, except for yourself. Mm. And when you help yourself, other people will come into your life and help you as well. That's great advice. Uh, have you ever thought of, you know, venturing into coaching in the, in the national setup? That was my dream, actually. Oh, yeah? Uh, end of uh, 2010, um, I was very prepared. Uh, I took certification, coaching certi- certification level one, level two, and the highest level three is like PhD. Mm. And I was prepared before mm. I retired, end of 2010. So I went to speak to Pesatuan Squash Malaysia. Of course, um, you know, they spoke to Malis Yukanegara. And um, so I said, um, please give me opportunity to be national women coach. So they came back to me. I think at that time, what that they offered, um, I think wasn't fair at all okay. uh, as a woman and as someone that has so much experience. And I tried again because I was like, oh, what happened here? You know, right. so I right. said, I'm here to contribute to be national women coach of uh, the national squash setup. And they came back to me, the offer is still the same. Hmm. So I was actually quite disappointed, very disappointed because it was my dream to be a national women uh, squash coach. Uh, I think, you know, blessing in these guys, I guess, um, you know, my path was meant on some something else, but still sports. Hmm. Mm. Uh, but there's no hard feeling. That's why I'm still Vice President of Pesatuan Squash Malaysia. SRM, I, yeah. still, I still want to contribute mm. because if I was like very angry, right? I won't be involved anymore yeah. because this is when I feel that um, you need to be positive in whatever comes to you. Lah. Mm. You know, maybe at that time wasn't suitable. So I went on to be uh, a coach of my squash academy, Sharon right. Squash Pro, based in UM at that time for mm. six years. Mm. So I focus on junior development and university squash development for six years. At the same time, work as a commentator in Astro Arena. Mm. Went on to be entrepreneur. So about eight years ago, I set up Emerald Auto Parts. Uh, we are in automotive business. We distribute uh, braking system parts. Mm. Can you imagine from sports, <laughs> you know, mining squash, sekarang jual kereta punya brake pad braking. <laughs> yeah, life, ta- a new world. <laughs> life takes weird turns, right? But it all worked out, you know. And, and you, uh, uh, that leads me nicely to your academy, you know, uh, the Sharon Wee Academy. You're kind of uh, hands-off a little bit uh, right now, right? You're leaving it to the younger coaches to run the programs and stuff like that. Um, but in your opinion, Sharon, uh, are kids still interested in pursuing squash professionally these days? Oh yeah, definitely. Because Persatuan Squash Malaysia, even during my time until now, they have very good uh, junior squash development program. And to be frank, you know, the committee, the management has always been on the toes, uh, try to help the athletes, especially the juniors, their mm. transition after Form 5 to university to professional squash. Mm. Even I experienced that. And now we have Ng Yao, Siva Sangari, and many more other young players lah. 
So they also went to university and became professional squash player. Um, I should say kids, um, I mean, I actually encourage parents to really uh, give opportunity to their kids, whether it's squash or other games, because sports really something that developed the kids in characters mm. that sometimes you don't get it anywhere else, only sports. Mm. And I always love sports because it's, you know, keep you fit, active. And mainly as Malaysian, it gets us together. Lah. Mm. You know, from, you know, we, we unite when sports comes in. That's what I experienced since young. When, mm. Because I study in Sekolah Kebangsaan and Sekolah Menengah um, Kebangsaan and went to uni. So I see the transition of how lovely it is when young kids even as you grow to as an adult when you play sports you just forget about everything and you get together yeah yeah it really does bring bring the country together Uh, speaking of bringing the country together on the horizon for you sharon uh, you've recently been appointed deputy chief demission for the upcoming sea games in cambodia alongside fellow sporting legend dato shalin zukifi Um, you also highlighted the need to empower women in leading roles like yourself and shalin at international games Um, what can be done better in this aspect in your opinion um, I'm very glad and blessed and thank you to Olympic Council of Malaysia, President of OCM, country Noza Zakaria for giving me the opportunity. Of course, the Chef Dimishon, Chief of Mission, yeah? uh, Datuk Muhammad Nasir Ali for also uh, giving me this opportunity to be Deputy Chef Dimishon together with Datuk Shalin, a very, very good friend of mine. Mm. So when I heard both of us being appointed, I was so happy. <laughs> I mean, I am very, very happy and, and excited to work closely with her because I know that she's a very, very passionate person in sports and very extremely good athlete as well. Mm. Um, the good thing about this, and I'm glad it's, you know, tomorrow, I mean, I mean, it's International Women's Day, right? So we are, Datuk Shalin and I, is the first pair of Deputy Chef Dimishon as women, never happened before. Yep. So two, two women actually being uh, the Deputy Chef Dimishon for SEA Games for Malaysia. Mm. So um, I want to thank, I mean, OCM, MSN and even the sports community that the mindset, right, to give equal opportunity to women. That's number one. It's all about women empowerment. Second, to give opportunity to former athletes to lead. I think that is fantastic mm. and I'm very proud of that. Mm. Um, among you, uh, yourself and also another name, Dato Nicole David, that you mentioned, are one of the few names that paved the way for women in squash, women to be inspired to take up squash professionally. But what do you think today are some of the biggest challenges and how can they be overcome? I think as women, uh, first of all, I think we need to be courageous. Lah. Like I always say, you know, you need, you need to move forward. Don't be afraid. Take the opportunity um, rather than... Uh, and women naturally, right, we think of other people more than only us. <laughs> we like, tak apalah, you know, think of my family first, my children first, blah, 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 than me. Uh, I think that need to be changed. Of course, uh, try to balance it. Hmm. And when opportunity comes, this is when take the opportunity, be confident of ourselves as a woman, as a leader. Uh, we take it with responsibility and commitment and get help. Um, work with others as well. I mm. think for women, we have no problem. We work with others. Uh, and Datuk Nico, a very good friend of mine, actually we grew up together, although she's my five years junior. 
We actually went to Amsterdam together to train under Lee Selvin. We took care of each other. She was your roommate, wasn't she? Yeah, for a few years in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. And there's even, you know, we joke among each other. I said, Nicole, you become world champion and world number one because I cook for you every day, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I, I, um, we have this uh, sister's, uh, you know, relationship that yeah. we are responsible for the name of Malaysia to be there to be the best we push each other hmm. and um, yeah so for women our pathway I think the most the best thing we can do is uh, leading by example so I'm very sure Nicole right now having her NDO and me myself uh, as an entrepreneur uh, administrator in sports association and sports leader we are trying to do the best we can mm. and inspire girls and women out there to take the opportunity and be courageous mm. for any opportunity that comes in your hand, be it sports or career or in life. That was athlete turned TV host Sharon Wee joining us on the program this week in conjunction with International Women's Day. More to come, so to stick around, only here on Bar None on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, I'm Daryl and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week, in conjunction with International Women's Day, we've been in conversation with Sharon Wee, the squash champion turned TV pundit. Picking up where we left off, we talk about the difficulties and issues women in sport face today and also how things are progressing since YB Hannah Yo took up the post as Minister of Youth and Sports. Yeah, 100% or more than that. I myself uh, met uh, YB Hanayo, of course, uh, uh, YB Adam Adli as well. So YB Hanayo, uh, before she became uh, Minister of Youth and Sports as well, I was already you know, admiring her leadership, mm. her mm. intelligence. Mm. At the same time, um, you know, be close to the rakyat, listen to the rakyat. So that is a really good thing about her. So for her, obviously 100 days, right? About 100 days yeah. in the office. She has done so much because I could see that she wants to hear what's the good thing and also the issue on the ground. She worked really hard to meet a lot of athletes, administrator, persatuan, even parents to know better. So I think that's a really good move. Mm. Um, the other thing that maybe she might uh, want to... Uh, go into is, you know, after the round of meeting all the champions, maybe meet also the number twos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the number twos and athletes yeah, that sometimes didn't make it because yeah. I think they have very inspirational story because uh, not easy to be uh, number two for a very long time. Uh, you ask that I, I'm here now to, to experience and, and you know, I, share with you mm. because I was um, top player national number one and then of course uh, you know Nicole just an extraordinary athlete uh, conquered the world conquered Malaysia in squash as well so being number two is it's never easy as mm. well mm. but there are lots of learnings uh, if there's athletes or even someone being seen as number two mm. because you need a lot of courageous you need a lot of discipline uh, dedication to work really hard 
to be number one. Mm. And uh, the learnings are most of most of them are leaders because somehow you know emotionally and mentally they are there to to be the best of the best. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, taking the conversation back uh, to the Sea Games, you have quite a record at the Sea Games: five gold medals in five different editions uh, of the Sea Games. And Sea Games is traditionally um, a tournament where um, gems are found, right? Un- undiscovered gems are found. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the importance of the SEA Games for younger athletes, especially ones at their first outing? Oh yeah, definitely. SEA Games, I represented Malaysia in my first SEA Games in 1995 when I was 18 years old. Uh, that is my first step of going to another level. Yeah, so yeah. normally before SEA Games, you are mm. the champion of SUKMA, Sukma. or national level. That's right. And here we are in multi-sports games, right? And SEA Games is the one. So uh, it opens up your mindset and you see more. And sometimes, you know, if some athletes think that they are the best, when they go to SEA Games, they're like, oi, you know, <laughs> I need to work much harder. I see. Mm. So that's a great thing because if you don't expose them, they don't get it. Mm. So these SEA Games, uh, I believe it's really good uh, opportunity for young athletes, Pilates athletes to come in and give them exposure. Mm. At the same time, uh, give them confidence, you know, to represent uh, uh, Malaysia in this uh, multi-sports game, not just their game itself. Mm. At the same time, they get to mingle around and networking with other athletes from different sports from national contingent and other contingent as well. Mm. Because whether you like it or not, to sustain um, long time as top athletes, uh, communication and networking is extremely important. Mm. You can't just work alone and train alone. You need people around you. So I should say, um, yeah. Um, and some people say, Allah, you know, you send so many athletes with money, lah, you know. Uh, see games, they come back without medals and things like that. And I don't think I totally agree with that kind of feedback because, okay, first, yes, it's an investment for the country to send our athletes, yeah, young athletes. But think about it. It's a very good investment because even they go there and compete and come back without medal, but you train and you develop a young person in terms of discipline, in terms of uh, what you call that as a leader and and I should say they'll come back as a very productive young netizens lah. Mm, mm. Right? So I think that's that's very worthwhile, a good investment mm, so uh, for ex- our young athletes. It's like experience gain, right? In the end as well. Yeah, you're right. You know, Sea Games is almost like a rite of passage. You had to go through it. A whole bunch of athletes top elite athletes uh, had to go through it uh, you were talking about your first SEA Games when you were 18 years old I think it was Singapore if I'm, if I'm not mistaken uh, that time was in uh, Thailand Chiang Mai 1995 that's the path before you represent the country Correct. in Asian Games yeah, Commonwealth yeah. Games Olympics you just have to go through you have to go games, through yeah. how much yeah. was a culture shock for you you know you were talking about the homegrown tournaments Sukma you know maybe it's slightly smaller scale and then suddenly going to the SEA Games your first multi-game tournament yeah tell us a bit about the experience how much of a culture shock was it i think the culture shock was mainly you know you are around with thousands of people from Mm. different sports even among your contingent right from different sports and you mingle around and you share your stories you support each other 
Uh, the only culture shock, I should say, the pressure lah. Pressure. You know, mm. the pressure, of course, uh, when you go to SEA Games, is a one level up as a young athlete compared to national junior circuit or SUKMA. It's another level up. Uh, but the pressure is good for young athletes because uh, if you are talking about elite sports, pressure is part of it. Yeah. You know, do not tell us that, you, you know, I lose because of pressure. Because pressure is part of being elite sports person hmm. and you need to handle that handle hmm. that hmm. and pressure actually brings you to another level hmm. that means you are motivated to do much better uh, if you just you know senang-senang relax relax then it's hard to be elite athletes lah sure, yeah. so definitely i think um sea games for young athletes is very good and i think they need help from their coaches from their sports psychologists to be prepared, mm, uh, mm. go in there, be ready. Uh, although sometimes they cry before a match, it could happen. But that's why support system is extremely important for young athletes. Mm. Speaking of support system and the athletes' mental health, uh, you and Charlene recently also called for more emphasis uh, for younger athletes to be given psychological support, right? Today, give us a bit of a lay of the land. Is there a lack of support in this aspect for athletes, especially at the grassroots level? I should say, Madli Negara, ISN, even KBS, including Pesaton, are doing their very, very best um, to support the athlete in terms of psychology. Mm. Institute Sukan Negara, they have qualified uh, psychologists, sports psychologists as well. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, when we go for games, when there are thousands of athletes. There are not many sports psychologists. This is when coaches, uh, even parents have to play their part. And even athletes have to play their part. To do, for example, you know, before your match, you go to quiet area, you do some breathing exercise, you do some uh, visualization exercise and things like that. Mm. So to say that it's like a support, I don't think it's uh, a suitable word, but mm. I think we can do better to have more sports psychologists around, not just national level, mm. but then more sports psycholo- psychologists for the grassroots, in, uh, I mean, state level, mm. even school level. You know, nowadays they have sports science uh, uh, subjects in school. Maybe right. mm. should, um, I should say, should start at school level to introduce a bit of sports psychologists to uh, those who love sports, especially uh, you know, athletes in school and even university. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Charlene herself, you know, um, she's um, very good sports. I mean, she graduated in psychology. Um, then myself, I give a lot of talks to give experience. And recently, I shared my experience to uh, FAM, uh, football national team under 20, who is getting ready for a qualifier for Asia Cup. Mm. So, I mean... This is when the experience comes in. I share with them, you know, being a, a sports woman, I think the main thing is we have to be proud of ourselves. Mm. You know, mm. we have to, it's our self-worth. You know, we have worked so hard. Our self-worth, we must take pride of it, be proud, because that actually will push us to another big level. Mm. Because if we feel small, we won't be, you know, go beyond in terms of uh, internationally. Mm. Because being elite athletes, you don't want to just stay locally, being a champion locally, but you want to be the best of the best uh, in the world. 
Yeah. Mm, mm. Seems like uh, the Sea Games contingents are, are in good hands with uh, the leadership <laughs> of you and Charlene. Uh, um, but talking about your other role, Sharon, um, you also serve as the Vice President of SRAM, uh, like you mentioned. Um, how different is it, you know, when you were appointed in this role, you know, playing, being a player for 20 years and then suddenly almost like moving to the other side, right? Um, moving to the administrative side of sport. Very interesting because I see things in different level because I was an athlete which is under Persatuan Squash Malaysia, right? Mm-hmm. So as an athlete, we like, hey, this Persatuan, ah, these are, these are the normal. <laughs> lah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the good ones are good. Then sometimes we also memberontak a bit, lah, you know? Um, as a young person, but now as administrator, as um, vice president of SRAM, I look at things different way because we take care of athletes in more broader way. It's just not one individual, but we have to develop all of them, giving mm. everybody, mm. no matter what's the gender, where they are from, whether they are champion or number two or the last one, we give equal opportunity mm. and equal um attention to them and at the same time my role of course um, to inspire uh, our young squash players uh, for me I'm a people person I love to like sembang sembang with the young girls uh, young young players like hey how are you uh, how's your performance how injury you know you do rehab are you better now hmm. because when I was younger as an athlete I would love that from the sports administrator because hmm. I want them to care about me hmm. so now that i have experienced that i told myself you know you have to go on the ground speak to the athletes even high to them they will feel so good hmm. even you say hey good job lah today training your bows and drive is so good and so sharp when they go back <laughs> they feel on top of the world yeah it makes they a world of a difference yeah. yes yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how have you seen the sport improve, you know, both, I guess, in terms of quality of play and also infrastructure uh, since you started? The biggest infrastructure, I should say, when it developed was uh, 1998 Commonwealth Games. That is the best decision for Malaysia to host Commonwealth Games, mm. 1998. Mm. That's when Bukit Jalil, you know, developed. We have stadium, we have squash court, swimming pool, big stadium, MSN, ISN, and many, many more infrastructure lah. So I think that's a good start and it gives beliefs to the whole Malaysia that Malaysia can produce world-class athletes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good, I always remember that 1998, my first Commonwealth Games as well. And I was feeling obviously, you know, at that time, Commonwealth Games, you have Canada, you have England, you know, foreigners, which is much taller than you you feel a little bit, I should say, um, small at that time. Hmm. But as you go on when you compete and then you go overseas and beat more people, uh, that's when the confidence level goes up. Hmm. But back to facilities, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's much better now. Hmm. Um, Perbadanan Stadium, of course, through KBS and the government is working very hard to build more facilities. Hmm. And I think it can be much better, especially for squash. Uh, squash, I think we need more squash courts, public squash courts. Uh, I understand on the budget-wise, but if possible, if there are more public squash courts, I'm very sure there are more squash, young squash player playing squash. And from there, we can get more, I should say, 
champions. Yeah, for sure. Naturally, yeah. right? But you're yeah. right about the 1998 Commonwealth Games. I think that is one of the pivotal moments, especially in squash, right? Where the Malaysian public just went, you know what? We actually have very good squash players. Yeah, yeah. I remember that I was, uh, of course, that batch uh, with Nico. Nico was very, very young. young. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have our seniors like Sandra, you know, Choi Ling, then we have Beng Hee, Aslan, mm-hmm. and Kenneth Lo, and many more. So at that time, obviously, um, although we didn't win any medals, but that's a path, or I should say, something that we look up to. Because for squash, we are not in Olympics yet. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope and pray that one day squash will be in Olympics. Uh, but the highest level in games, multi-sport games, of course, Commonwealth Games. Mm. As we go on, can you imagine 1998, we were nobody, Malaysian squash team were, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are still, you know, beginner in international world. Yeah. Then we became um, the, the conqueror of the world. Nicole won gold medal and we had bronze medal in Commonwealth Games yeah. and Asian Games and many, many more. Yeah, so yeah. for me, I'm so privileged and blessed to be part of that team. Mm, for sure. Uh, last few questions, uh, Sharon. Um, what does the rest of the year look like for you? Do you have any, can you share any future projects that you're doing this year? Uh, for this year, I'll be, of course, uh, supporting the contingent for SEA Games mm-hmm. Cambodia, mm-hmm. which starts 5th to 17th of May. Um, then, of course, as Vice President of the Satuan Squash Malaysia, so I'll be continuing to develop and helping SRAM to, to have a better uh, squash program and junior development as well. Mm. Uh, besides that, I myself is very active playing sports, <laughs> you know, once, twice a week playing squash, badminton. Um, and what I do on regular basis, of course, uh, giving talks, motivational talks to sportsperson, to mm. university or even any other organization. Mm. Um, main thing on, of course, uh, a women empowerment, youth leadership and leadership as well. Mm. So that's my forte of my talks, actually. Mm. So I'll keep myself busy. Uh, at the same time, I should say, we yeah, are being entrepreneur now. Uh, car parts, braking parts. parts. <laughs> I know, we distribute car braking parts including Brembo, Ramsar, Sanwa and things like that. I keep myself busy as entrepreneur. Hmm. So, um, but I won't forget sports. That is my, I should say, my love, hmm, my love. passion yeah, which yeah. I contribute back. Uh, one thing I must say here that uh, being a woman in sport, of course, as entrepreneur as well, um, yeah, equality and equity is extremely important in mm. this country to give more opportunity to women. Um, so, equality is important, of course, you know, but equity means the quality of the equality, you know. Mm. So, yeah, everybody is equal. Thank you very much. But then, do you include us as part of it, as mm. part of the opportunity? Mm. So this is why um, International Women's Day embrace equity is the hashtag, the team, which I totally agree. Mm. Um, well done, you know, uh, more and more people are giving equality to women now, women empowerment. But to go another step further, the, the quality of it, you know, do you include us as part of you? Do you mm. acknowledge us? Do you see us? Because there are so many talented 
young women and women in Malaysia that has so much talent and skill. Like me, obviously, I'm blessed every day to be, you know, to to wake up and and do something different and go beyond and to inspire others. Mm, that's great. Uh, in conjunction with International Women's Day, IWD, do you have any parting messages for you know people inspired by your story? Advice for aspiring athletes who wants to get into uh, sports professionally. For athletes, uh, the most important thing is uh, being committed to what you want go for your passion because i myself when i was young um, i went for it because after university i was working for a while for arthur anderson but then end of the day my heart says i want to be professional sports player and represent the country and all my heart is towards a squash uh, as as a career go for it be passionate but work very hard And at the same time, as uh, women, uh, be courageous, take opportunity and be responsible of that opportunity because I think uh, we want to be role model to others and we want to lead others as well. So don't be afraid, be proud of us as women. That was athlete turned TV host Sharon Wee joining us this week on the program in conjunction with International Women's Day. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's episode. If you'd like to revisit the interview with Sharon, you can head over to our website, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong, and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.